Well, hello everybody and welcome again to the Weirdly Magical podcast with Jen and Lou. I'm Louise, or Lou um, Eddington. I'm an astrologer, a shamanic practitioner, and the writer of Modern Astrology, Harness the Stars to Find Your Soul's True Purpose. I offer soul astrology readings. Um, I also do classes. Um, I've got one coming up soon. If anybody wants to check it out, look at my Facebook page. And I also have a Patreon where I have different reward levels um, for people's patronage. All can be found at louiseeddington.com with one D. Hi, everybody. I'm Jen Dushen. I'm an Akashic uh, reader, healer, numerologist, teacher, creator of the Illuminating Journey Cards. And... uh, I do writing and readings as well as um, readings from the cards, Kashik reading, readings from the cards. And I have a group called um, uh, Soul Pillow Salon, if you're interested in joining. That's for a fee every month, a low fee. You can find it on my website. And... um, jendushen.com oh yes and my cards you can also find on my website jendushen.com backslash illuminating journey cards and jen's gonna pull a card for us um in a minute but today we're going to be looking at uh the energy leading up to and of the second full moon um the second Libra full moon uh, that takes place on April the 19th at 12, 12 p.m. London time, universal time. And um, but let's have a look at do some housekeeping before we dive into all that, before Jen pulls a card. Um, If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe at your favorite podcast provider and or go to iTunes and give us a hopefully five-star review. Uh, Plus, we'd also uh, like to let you know that we also, we now have a Patreon just for the podcast. For $5 a month, you can support our work and we'll be introducing special patron-only content moving forward. And that's patreon.com weirdly magical forward slash weirdly magical and lastly on each episode we're going to feature a listener question questions need to be emailed to weirdly magical podcast at gmail.com and one question will be chosen at random no personal details will be shared on the podcast other than your first name so send us your questions and we do have a really good question today so stay tuned for that we'll be doing that um, after we've talked about the energies Uh, so first of all diving into the energies with one of jen's wonderful amazing cards yeah thanks (laughs) i pulled two cards today so that i think are really interesting the first one is one of the tools which is the wings which uh, kind of indicates this idea that we are taking flight, there's momentum taking us forward, uh, you know, so I get the energy or the message from the, the Akashic Masters um, that it's time to uh, soar, 
basically. So we have to rise above our um, kind of small mindedness. And for those of you who can't see, this is actually some wings, like angel wings, they're white wings. And then the other card that came up, sorry. That feels very appropriate for an air sign full moon, I have to say. So, <laughs> yeah, and it kind of, <laughs> right, it creates the balance as well, if I think about it. Like when you're in flight, it means you are balanced because in order to fly, you, you, your system, you know, has to be balanced. There's the weight has to go wherever it goes in the right place in order to fly. And the second card is the 19, which I think is pretty appropriate too, because it is on the 19th and um, we're in a 19 year. And so this picture here is really, uh, it's a female gladiator warrior above a, um, what do you call one of those? Whoops. <laughs> it flew forward like a coliseum or something where it's like a, a place where uh, there would be games played. And so this is kind of that energy of, there's this energy of this woman rising or this gladiator kind of female kind of rising into the air, kind of taking flight and accepting this idea that she is powerful, knowing her power and playing her game with that. Um, so I, I think it's really quite incredible. There's also the ch chalice, yeah, golden chalice with light coming out, and that is uh, represents the female energy. The chalice actually represents the female energy. So that kind of feeding this idea of being uh, in this lush playground, if you will, with the ability to soar above the... Um, whatever's happening and use divine energy and circle it into the earth mm. so um i and think there's a lot there's a lot of kind of warrior goddess gladiatoress energy um in the, in the energy of the full moon chart anyway and between now and the full moon so how appropriate yet again <laughs> how fascinating i love it i love it that we've been given that message yeah, me too. I was thinking that as kind of Wonder Woman. Yeah, I agree. There is that energy of Wonder Woman, that that freedom, you know, when you think about the, the story, that she defied what was the normal uh, situation and went and just kind of did whatever she felt was appropriate to, uh, to bring about the change she desired. And I do think that's a great uh, metaphor for our lives. I do too. And for what's going on in the collective cosmos <laughs> right now. Definitely. So just to say a little bit more about the full moon before we kind of just talk about the energies. Um, I already said it's on April the 19th at 12, 12 p.m. Uh, universal time. And um, you'll have to do the conversions yourselves, guys. <laughs> I can't get <laughs> my, my brain is not working in that way at the moment. I'm still being Neptune. But um, it's at 29 degrees of, well, the moon will be at 29 degrees of Libra. So it's the second full moon um, with the moon in Libra. As I said, the last one was at zero degrees and this one is at 29 degrees. Some people are calling it a, a blue moon and I thought that was two full moons in a month, but who cares? It's 
Mm-hmm. It's, it's two Libra full moons, one at the first, first degree, one at the last degree. So we're, we're ending a series of full moons that were at zero degrees. We had five of them. And now we move from that last degree to first degree to the last degree. And um, they're going to start changing um, every month from now on. This um, full moon is not aspecting any of the major planets, but it is um, making an aspect to Juno in Gemini. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. It's also making an inconjunct aspect to Venus in Pisces. So we have a bit of goddess energy coming in there, pointing to the, that um, Libra moon as well. Now it's also um, due at even though the moon itself is making few aspects, um, the grand cross that we've been talking about for the last couple of times, couple of months rather, is being activated again. Um, the moon is at twenty nine Libra. Uh, the dwarf planet Haumea is at twenty five Libra, and that represents rebirth. Fixed star uh, speaker or spiker, however you say it, is at 26 Libra. So we'll look at that a little bit as well. And it's all squaring really Pluto, the south node and Saturn in Capricorn. And with Pluto and Saturn stationing this month to turn retrograde, um, I think the square is really um, activated uh, at the moment. Um, and of course, 23 degrees is also Aries in Aries, which is widely conjunct the sun, which is at 29 Aries. So we'll talk about all of that. There's also a couple of other things. Mercury will finally be out of his shadow and have moved into Aries. He does that just a couple of days before the full moon. So there's a lot to talk about, really, even though the full moon is not strictly aspected to any major planets. So, Jen, do you want to dive in with some initial thoughts? Yes, I I think it's actually pretty fascinating that we have this Libra moon twice, once in March, and then which was the final zero moon. And here we've moved to the end of Libra. And we're at 29 degrees. It's kind of that uh, kind of going backwards or forwards or whatever. It feels like backwards <laughs> in some ways. But forwards uh, with the 29, which is that critical degree. So it has extra uh, emphasis on the 29. And of course, the 29 adds up to an 11. So it's that portal. Uh, with the 29, we have this energy that comes in that is not only connecting us to others so there's the energy of the collective from both you know in that number Uh, there's also the opportunity to shift our um, our thinking about the world you know that's there the 11 and the 29 is about us being more um, true with what we see in the world as opposed to what we'd like to see in the world so I think that's a, a very interesting uh, aspect with the 29 that um, we are being invited to have this transformational experience. And of course, the 11 is a gateway. So there's an emphasis on this idea of 
stretching ourselves, finding a different way of cooperating, as well as um, seeing the, the, the equality of everything and everyone in the world. The other aspects I find interesting is that, and I mentioned, well, the card came up. So we're in a 19 calendar year uh, and the date of this um, full moon is a 19. So that's pretty fascinating because the 19 has the nine and the one, which means beginnings and endings. So we know this is a fully culminating experience, the 11, the gateway, the two, that connection in a new way. And then the 19, the one and nine, so new beginnings and releasing, letting go of the old. Uh, and I feel like this is a lot to do with this idea of um, who we've been or who we pretended to be so we can fit in with the world. So the world has been a certain way. Uh, it's Certain people have run the world and now we have been given an opportunity to uh, release that kind of egoic belief that we are nothing or we don't have value or someone else is more important or we're being cheated, whatever our thing is, um, that our relationships are out of balance because, again, this is that Libra impact. And that we can start again with the idea that we get to create what we want to create. We get to... Um, shift into a place that we're actually activating what is important to us, what we value, what mm -hmm. we can, you know, what we want to see that we are beginning this journey of, yes, I'm going to take charge of my life. I'm going to take responsibility for what I'm focused on, as opposed to uh, listening to someone else who's been in charge. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I love this emphasis on um, the cardinal signs again, uh, which are Aries, Cancer, Libra and Capricorn. Uh, because as I've spoken about many times on, on various things, this is all about our identity. You know, Aries is the I am, me, me, me. <laughs> uh, I come first, that kind of energy. And Cancer is the family, really, who are we, and also our deep inner self. And Libra is is about we. It's not about me, it's us that kind of energy. And then Capricorn that's being um, uh, squared by the full moon is also is about um, the institutions, the public, who are we in public? Who, um, who are we collectively as kind of the man-made rules, all that kind of energy. So I really see this critical degree full moon um, as really kind of a fulfillment of sorts. We're always kind of on this permanent evolutionary path, so we're never quite done and there. But this point is really um, a point of fulfillment, to my mind, of, of readjustment of our identity. And, you know, Jen and I have talked about these, these new and full moons um, at zero degrees and 15 degrees, and really it all kind of started last October, as we talked about last time. Um, and since then, we've, you know, if you look back at that time from October to here, I feel different in the world in, a, in, a, in many subtle ways. You know, I'm not intrinsically changed, 
but I think we're all changing um, our values, how we fit in, how we fit into the collective, how we view, how we've got to uh, shift the collective. Then, of course, there's also the resistance to the change. <laughs> A lot of people are not doing it because that takes us to um, Jeffrey Wolfgreen's um, he was a famous um, evolutionary astrologer. The stages of consciousness, um, the herd state, they're kind of in resistance to this change they feel coming upon them. And I do not mean that in a horrible way. It's just, <laughs> you know, we see it in our institutions, the resistance to these changes that's coming. We see it in people. Um, if you're listening to the podcast, you're probably not in the herd state because because you wouldn't be through the podcasts that talk about the things that we talk about but we're kind of having this awakening of our identities as we move into the new uh, paradigm uh, i believe yeah i absolutely agree and i think that's what this is talking about in the sense that what's exciting about the fact that when we awaken to the idea of who we are in a bigger in a bigger sense uh, that we are equal players that we are creators that we get to create the material that we desire uh, it takes a burden away from us like we've lived with a burden that we're supposed to live life that we're not creators we're supposed to deny who we are mm -hmm. and um, accommodate people right that's the libra aspect like Either I'm going to bend over backwards to give you whatever you want so you'll be happy or because that's what I'm supposed to do, or I'm going to do the opposite, which is I'm going to try to um, disempower you. I'm going to make you do what I want. I'm going to bend you to my will. Mm -hmm. And this is very much that Pluto-Saturn uh, aspect, right? So the idea of how we've lived, we've lived in a fearful society with very rigid rules that only a few people had the keys to, you know, to escape those rules. And now we go like, wait a minute, I don't need to put all that emphasis on something else or someone else's beliefs. What do I believe? So there's a, uh, you know, some people are still, and we all have our own relationship to fear or how much we're willing to still hang on to what has been uh, the way we've lived. And and we are being kind of pushed into this place of going, okay, I don't want to do this anymore or I can't do this anymore. I want to have my freedom, right? We have Uranus right there with the sun. I want to have my freedom. I'm going to do freedom at any cost. And of course, Libra on the opposite side where the moon is, um, I want to, you know, make sure we get on. And yes, how do we do this in this new world? Yeah, how do we integrate it? And there we have Eris, my my favorite <laughs> planet, <laughs> still there at that twenty three degrees of Aries, uh, basically conjunct the um, the Sun and uh, almost exactly squaring Pluto right now really shaking the table and rattling the the cage of that identity of how we've seen ourselves um before and also how not only how we see ourselves but how we present ourselves into the world what we put out there and what we see it's um aries is very um is very linear very direct it's it's very but it's very much as i said at the start the i am and eris is really shaking that up um 
interestingly, just to kind of mention a one ahead a little bit, Venus will conjunct Eris on May the 10th. So uh, that's another date for people to look forward. <laughs> Where, and Venus rules Libra. So I always see the, uh, the, uh, the universe as kind of preparing us in the cycles for the next thing. Um, this full moon could be preparing us for when Libra's ruler hits Eris and really shakes things up a little bit. Yes, and that's very interesting you say that because one of the things that's interesting about the numerology is that uh, the day of this full moon is in 17 universal day and May will be a 17 universal month. Ah. 17 is the number of kind of leaving a legacy or um, establishing something that's going to last for a long time. So uh, it's, it, it's a really, uh, um, it, it's a number that pushes us to lay some kind of new, foundation down and go okay right this is the way forward so i find it interesting that uh, this moon is you know bringing that energy in and uh, activating uh, that because this month we do have some really interesting numbers we have the uh, the one from the um, the 19 the day right mm-hmm. we have the three and four three from the year four from the month of april and then we have seven, which is from the month of April. Those are the universal number is seven. The regular number calendar is four. And the year, you know, universal is three. Mm. And so those numbers are very sacred, the three and four and seven. And plus when you add three and four, you make seven. Uh, there's all kinds of geometric energies around the three, four, and seven. So it's, uh, and having the one, this idea of being able to let go of the parts of ourselves that have kept us trapped, you know, the kind of mind thinking. And of course, that's what this is all about. It's about changing our minds. It's about having a different mindset and uh, losing that attachment we have to the past. It's uh, fascinating. So yeah, that uh, 17 is like, what, what if we are leaving a legacy, if we are in a phase now where we are, everything's changing or anything is possible, right? We're entering a world where anything is possible, Like we get to decide the kind of relationship we want with ourselves and our world and the people we connect with mm-hmm. and how we want to show up in the world and what we want to create. Then we have to be the ones to put those seeds down and say, this is who I am. And that comes from our values, right? Which is that whole Venetian, Torian uh, aspect is mm. what, what do we value? What is, what is worth? What is our worth? And what are we going to put our attention to? And, you know, other things worth noting are Mercury, I mentioned prior to this um, will have just moved into Aries on this full moon uh, finally leaving the shadow of that Pisces retrograde that um, that was magical but kind of weird <laughs> and um, 
and you know on this full moon he's less than a degree the trickster is less than a degree from kieran the um the key to healing or the wounded healer or whatever you want to call him and you know a lot of people think this is about healing the divine masculine in aries um i think it's about the masculine in all of us and and by that i mean you know healing our really strong will healing our um need to dominate um all the kind of um shall we how would i describe it the um the less um kind <laughs> masculine characteristics that have dominated the patriarchy for the last thousands of years um about you know the whole doctrine of discovery and all those things about dominating the earth and all things like that that kind of energy so this again is nothing about men it's more about how we think it's more about how we are in the world it's it's about healing this um this need to uh, rule and dominate and moving to this libra and cancer the softer things the, the moon in libra the cancer north node moving to realizing we are all in in it together and we have to take into account the other and not just all be me first <laughs> yes well i think what's kind of fascinating is this is true when you look at that uh, aspect of uh, um, mercury which who is at, at uh, 28, um, wait, it's a two degrees, right? Remember, we're talking about the 11, which is a two. Mm-hmm. That's the communication, the connection of setting boundaries uh, that Mercury is at. I, I think that speaks to that idea that Mercury wants to, uh, um, to work with the wounds Right. So it's about, and also with Mars being in uh, Gemini, which is, you know, Mercury ruled, this idea of there's a lot of things that need to be said. And, you know, I think you mentioned, Lou, earlier, war with words, this idea that we need to express the things we're angry about instead of that typical way we've been, like, this is the way it is. We don't have an opinion. We don't have a right. Like, We've been buying into the system. Yes, the system has controlled us, but we've also bought into it. And when we say to ourselves, when we repeat those things like, there's nothing we can do, they always are in power, and all of these things, we are uh, reestablishing these same stories. So we need to change the story. We need to take that idea of, of Mercury, who wants to express, wants to uh, um, kind of, bring this energy into the mind of change that we that, that, that we have the ability to change our mind that we have our ability to say we are not uh, disempowered by somebody else's opinion that we can take a different opinion and i think that to me is the key here between kiron and uh, mercury being together and being influenced at the same time by that um, Mars, like there's that anger and that kind of forward motion, that fire to go, I'm going to say what I need to say. I'm going to express things that need to be heard. Uh, At the same time, we have to go, well, when do we move beyond just talking about our pain? Like, you know, there is that aspect, uh, you know, because I see a lot of times 
you know, in the world we're in right now, people will talk about something. There'll be something about woman expressing an idea. And then some guy comes along and says, well, you know, blobberty, blobberty, blob. And then all the women go, uh, stop mansplaining and that and then women then men get all like wounded about it like i why i, I didn't do anything uh, and then uh, everyone kind of goes around in these rings about yes but you don't understand you're doing this and that and blah 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 but the truth is that we're spinning our wheels by trying to explain to people who don't get it like that's a complete waste of time like if we have something to say if we've been in um pain we should express it but we don't need to uh, justify what we're expressing or explain it to people that don't understand because that's a lot of energy wasted instead we go okay this person doesn't get it fine if they want to know more we can talk about it if they really want a discussion but if they just want to keep saying that they're wounded uh, you know, maybe, you know, one of the things we need to remind people that this story isn't about you. So, you know, if well, you want to feel wounded, that's your choice. To kind of expand on that a little bit, yeah. Mercury, Mercury and Mars are actually in um, in what's called mutual reception. In, in other words, Mercury rules Gemini and um, is in and Mars rules Aries, and they're each in each other's signs. We, and when sign planets are in mutual reception, that means they're really kind of working together. And the, and the good thing about Gemini and and Mercury's meeting with Chiron, so I'm kind of saying the same thing, just expanding this <laughs> way. No, that's good. It, is that, you know, it's a real opportunity, because Gemini's the sign of the twins. It's an opportunity to, yes, speak your truth and to be very direct but also to look at all sides in gemini and to heal that um blinkered uh perspective um that can be very mercury and aries uh the, i think the mercury coming up to the chiron up to this uh full moon has is a great opportunity to stop being so blinkered it doesn't mean you have to agree with with the other side it just means you have to be prepared to open your mind and listen. And I, you know, you know me. I'm always paying attention to the conversations I'm around me and um, in real life and on Facebook and whatever. And this morning uh, there was a very productive discussion in in a group I'm in. That's a local kind of um, current affairs group. We call it politics, basically, where actually there was a really productive discussion. Nobody actually agreed with the other one, but there was no fighting. There was a lot of listening. And I, I, this is really good about what this mutual reception coming up. So. Exactly. That's the power of this. We have the ability because we don't need to be afraid of expressing ourselves, but we need to focus on what, where are we spending all this energy? If we're fighting with people saying you don't get it, mm -hmm. it's just a waste of energy. You want to say, okay, Let's just talk about what we can change. It kind of reminds me of a story I just heard was somebody was talking about this um, this lawyer or uh, mediator in um, that charges this huge amount of money, but because he's so successful, what he does is he works at bringing people together. So whatever the big differences are, they kind of puts it on the side and starts to work on the smaller, like, oh, well, can we agree about this? And can we agree about this? So tiny little 
steps that we can agree on. And so when you get to the big elephant in the room, it doesn't feel so bad because everyone feels like I've been in the conversation. Usually what happens is we feel injured because no one's listening to us. So then we get all defensive and we're just, you know, it's just hot air instead of something that's actually um, making a connection. And of course, Libra is the sign of the, the mediator as well. So, you know, yes. we have that showing up in the, in the moon's placement on the full moon itself. Um, uh, you know, at its, at its highest, um, Libra is the, is the diplomat. You know. <laughs> right and, and yeah and that's the interesting thing i think this whole idea of um what's happening with saturn and pluto all this energy coming in is this idea that um you know we have saturn which is just this kind of power thing or whatever you know the right of power the right to do whatever i say i want to do right and um this is the way it is and then we have on the other side, right, the Uranus and the, all of that, where uh, it's like, we're not going to, I want change, right? I don't care, um, which is that Libra is like, I want to be uh, kind or I want to be nice. And the other side is, I don't care. I just want to get my results. And I think this is a very interesting way to think about it. Not from the point of view, it's just like everybody move out of the way but more from that aspect of if we are going to have change, which we know we are, why don't we uh, agree that this is an uncomfortable time we're in and that we're going to have to put aside our need to be right or worry about our feelings being hurt and go, what is, what is it that we're working towards? Let's see where we can connect to make change. Yeah. Yeah. Because sure. we're in, yeah, we're in a comic time, right? This is comic stuff. So this is the result of choices. Like when we look at when uh, we look at the patriarchy, this is the result of their continuing to control people. And then eventually, what happens is people like, oh no, this is it. I'm done with being controlled. And then you have this blow up. And then people on the side that were pushing everyone down. We're like, well, why? I didn't do anything. Well, you know, it's an accumulation of things that you did and that the other side agreed to. Like, we didn't agree to it going, let's have a conversation and I'll agree to it. It was more like, I'll agree to it because I'm being... I won't say anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> do it. And, and, you know, I, want, I can't em emphasize enough the fact that uh, dwarf planet Homeo, these dwarf planets, I'm actually taking a class in them by somebody that's done a lot of research on them and and they are, their influence is showing up so much um, since their discovery and Homeo um, is at 25 Libra on the full moon and she's conjunct uh, the moon with um, the fixed star um, speaker in in the middle or spiker <laughs> and uh, and Haumea is rebirth um, and she is literally you know rebirthing um, our collective self um, you know she's squaring Pluto for a long long time and all that and, and opposing um, Eris as well over in Aries who's who's shaking things up and causing a bit of discord to shake things up 
<laughs> Jen and I were talking a little bit before. We're, we're definitely getting a uh, taster, big taster, foreshadowing, whatever you want to call it, of, of energy that people have been talking about for a long time. Um, and that's January 2020 when Saturn and Pluto are conjunct um, with a whole load of other stuff in Capricorn. And, you know, there's a lot of fear around what's coming. And I'm not going to say nothing's, any, any of it's going to be easy, but it also has the potential to rebirth something pretty amazing. Um, historically, when Saturn and Pluto have been conjunct, there is usually a collapse of countries, systems, um, whatever. But usually what it replaces is replaced with is is better, at least for a few hundred years because <laughs> um, empires generally do collapse and then because uh, they get corrupt and they get out of control and they have to be kind of taken apart to be rebirthed and that's what we're going through um, so yeah. yes right exactly and when you talk about this idea of power right if we think about power like or the right to power and this the struggle for power is when we recognize the power within us, uh, we can um, step back from somebody else trying to overpower us. And that's really where we are now. Uh, I was listening to something and it was in 1520 was the last time, right? When um, Pluto and Saturn were together in um, Capricorn and that was when the church was in power and it took uh, Martin Luther King, uh, you know, the reformation, you know, to bring about this idea. And it was through education, right? This idea of uh, bringing in the idea that people could read and so they could not just trust what other people were saying, like, oh, it's just the church is going to translate. And we're in that same place now in a different way. Like we've got all these people translating to us what success looks like, what life's supposed to look like, who's supposed to be in power. And we have this opportunity to... Uh, to go, I'm not in agreement with you. You That may be your belief and that's what maybe you want to do, but I'm not going to be one of those people going along with your story anymore. I'm taking myself out of the picture. And I think this is what this is all about. The wounding is the pain of not being heard, regardless of whether you're male or female. We've all kind of hooked our, our energy or our wagon to this idea of, you know who's in charge and how this how the system works what's reality we've hooked it to somebody else's idea of reality and now we kind of have to go okay well reality is kind of bullshit we created ourselves and so if i'm if i'm the creator of my reality what does this look like and we have all these different points and i think that's why we have so much female energy coming in because that's the imagination that's the the energy that allows us to um, trust us because in a female there is birth you create uh, you can gestate you create a child you hold the hearth and that was one of the reasons why women were so put upon and silenced because you know a powerful woman can do all that and and of course they find a way to work together instead of destroying that and of course in 1520 whatever it was the um 
we weren't actually also moving into a new astrological age. So <laughs> very true. <laughs> so this is even bigger than then. So exactly. <laughs> everything's changing. I I love this whole chart to be honest. It's full mm. of it is full of challenge, you know, it, it's but it's full of potential too. We have Black Moon Lilith conjunct Neptune in Pisces. Um, on the full moon have with Venus having just passed over Neptune as well so you know this is kind of um, bringing in the female energies of peace and love and compassion and all that kind of energy is being brought more into our um, psyche then you know I mentioned Homea I also want to mention this fixed star um, speaker is is you know she's a really um she's one of the uh, beautiful of the fixed stars she's supposed to give success and a sweet disposition and and love and all that kind of stuff she's she's a but she's also of the nature apparently of venus and mars together so she's bringing in this kind of um you know, bringing together of um, these gender identities within us, which Venus rules the Libra, the where the moon is, and Mars rules Aries, where the sun is on the full moon. So I love that she's bringing uh, the energies of both sides of the full moon, if you like, in together um, mm. on the full moon. Yeah, that's quite brilliant. And I saw there was another fix, well, it's an asteroid here, asteroid. Hybris, Hybris, Hubris. I don't know that one. Is uh, um, at twenty-eight degrees Libra, twenty-eight forty-seven. Warns against foolish pride, overconfidence, and arrogance. So, this is kind of for me what I feel and what I hear is this moon is about this idea of, um, you know, it's a rebalancing. So it's the idea that the things we have um, done are, um, are going to, we're going to have to take the consequences of the choices we've made mm -hmm. by being, you know, prideful or, uh, you know, um, ignoring other people's voices or needs and ignoring our own inner truth. So it's like, the things we've done out of stubbornness or needing to hang on to an old idea mm. is going to come up. Like we know there's a lot of stuff happening on the political plane. There, there's been a lot of lying and covering up and, and treating the public as if they're stupid. And so all of that is going to kind of come home to, you know, roost or whatever they say, you know, it's going to, we're going to, have to deal with that and that's a good thing like the, that's the good thing about us being irritated or stirred up is that we're choosing different ways to be you know we're we're, we're experiencing anger for a reason and we need to use the anger correctly mm. uh, to kind of wake us up from this idea that it's okay like we've got to stop you know i hear people all the time going around and it's true stop apologizing stop yeah. uh, um explaining things or accepting things that don't feel right just because oh well it's just so and so and they didn't mean it i don't care who it is the, the point is whether they meant it or not is immaterial like if they truly are um, 
in agreement that they did something in an older time when we, opinions were different, then they need to apologize in a way that makes sense to us. I'm not asking for them to, you know, throw themselves off the, a rock or anything. All I want, right. A humble apology. Right. A genuine humble apology. I really didn't, you know, I didn't realize it or, you know, and I really truly am sorry. And let's do, do let's start over. And then I want them to show me that they are willing to actually start over, not just using words. Yeah. They must show me by their actions that they actually believe in inclusion. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I don't think that that's hard. You know, I, I, I'm kind of astonished at how many women, especially because women are the ones, we are the ones that create, but we're also the ones that maintain old ideas. Like all of this patriarchy has been built on the back of women keeping quiet and holding the system and punishing other women for uh, not following what the men say. And we have to pull ourselves out of that place. This is where we are now. This is hard. It's then, not an easy thing to do, but we have to hold ourselves accountable. It's kind of odd how it's showing up really as well. I mean, you know, we're talking about the Joe Biden thing here, let's be honest. And it was women were defending him mostly, more than men. Yes. Men got it. I was like, what's going on? This is topsy turvy. And and that's the part we have to look at. This idea that we have to maintain or make excuses for somebody. Like, why should men have a special deal? Because they didn't know what they were doing. Why should we be the ones saying they need that uh, treatment? But we also don't want them to throw themselves on their sword, like you said. No, exactly. Just, That's ridiculous. We just want a, um, awareness that they were it wasn't appropriate, an apology, and change. <laughs> right. Moving on and showing you actually mean that your apology, you actually get it. And if you don't get it, go get some education. Go humble yourself and... Uh, none of us know everything and it's okay to learn something new. It's okay. To me, I think the best kind of leader is somebody who can go, I don't know how to do this. Yeah. Let me get some instruction from somebody who has experience. Yeah. Don't turn around the next day and joke about it on the stage. <laughs> I know that is so, uh, but you know, that, but then, you know, that then again is I've been humiliated but now when I meet my peers, I've just got to act like big guys. Yeah. That's bullshit. None of us should be, that's the hubris that we've got to get rid of is that idea that uh, maybe in his heart, he does feel genuinely, I didn't see any apology, but the point is to go and joke with your friends is like, okay, everybody, I know I made a fool of myself, but let, everything's the same. Let's just yeah. remember everything's the same. Like, we're all in this club together and women are beneath us. And but for all of you guys feeling sorry for him, <laughs> I did write about it and I did write an article called It's Bigger Than Biden because it is. This He's a representative exactly. of these exactly. patriarchal attitudes. And so... <laughs> right. And his behavior, like this is... But it doesn't matter whether it's him or us or anyone else. Exactly. We all have the opportunity. We will all be confronted with our stuff. Right? Yeah. You know, daily we go out there, you know, when we're doing the spiritual work and all of that, uh, people are telling us about our stuff and we have an opportunity to open our hearts and go, 
let me hear, let me see, is there something I can do different? Can I be more uh, uh, attentive? Can I do something to uh, humble myself and to be open? Or should I just pretend like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You're an idiot. I know better than you. And, and just laugh it off. Like, you know, we all do, we all have that opportunity and we're being uh, given that opportunity for a reason. And that brings me to the other things happening in the charts, the retrogrades. Um, as we record this on the eighth series is going retrograde tonight <laughs> at 14 degrees of, um, of Sagittarius um, on the great attractor it's called that's supposed to kind of attract stuff from the universe. Um, mm, beautiful. Um, and Jupiter is next to go retrograde on the 10th. Then Saturn goes, sorry, no, then Pluto goes retrograde. I think it's on the 9th. 24th. 24th, is it? And then Saturn goes retrograde on the 29th. So after the full moon. But by the time we finish this month, we're going to have all four of those retrograde. We've been, apart from Mercury's retrograde in Pisces, we've been through quite an extended period of um, all planets moving direct. So, you know, how I kind of see this. Sorry, yeah. Mercury, you said, did you say Mercury's retrograde? I said, apart from his metro, his retrograde in Pisces. Okay, all, sorry. All the other planets have been direct for quite some time. Um, and so we've been in a very forward moving kind of position. Here we're having this, um, this period now where we're having this foreshadowing of all this energy to come or a t- big taste of what's to come, um, of this changing of our collective identity. And then we're having all these these four retrogrades, um, and then Neptune will turn retrograde later as well, and Uranus will, and we're going to have to start um, really reflecting um, over the rest of the year how we've changed in this portal Jen and I have been talking about of all these new and full moons, how we've changed. Um, how we want to change further, what we still need to work on, all that kind of stuff. So, um. (laughs) (laughs) yes, I mean, it's pretty exciting if you think about it, the fact that uh, Pluto and Saturn on either side of the the south node, which uh, right now is, well, for the full moon will be at 21 degrees, which is uh, about our truth. And that's like kind of draining that, the abscess, right? Whatever it is that we've oh, done. Twenty-one, twenty-one, actually. Twenty-one. Oh wow! Yes, twenty-one, twenty-one. So that's really uh, fascinating that it's this this number which also invites us to find joy. Like just let go of it instead of you know sitting with it and feeling bad and punishing ourselves over and over uh, to release so we can make room for all this new energy coming in so we can be you know feel the beauty of having the freedom of our voices and and being able to realize new things by changing our minds and inviting potential um, mm-hmm. you know it's it's very interesting and because of course pluto and saturn move pretty slowly they're going to be uh, already probably starting to slow down and internalize by the time we have this full moon. Um, 
I'd say Pluto's starting really already. Yes, because it's on the 24th. So, you know, this is the interesting thing about transformation or the draining or um, kind of the death, because Pluto brings death, right? It's the death of um, old ideas or old ways of doing things changing the structure so it does feel like there's going to be some kind of withering but also expansion around it right we go towards this idea of being more connected to ourselves anyway shall so complex but because we've we read the symbols now and then move on to this fabulous question that we have yes let's do that Okay, yeah, I'll let you read uh, the Sabian symbol first if you're ready. I am ready. So the Scorpio one degree. Shouldn't it be Libra 30? Oh, Libra 30? Well, I don't have that. Then you're going to have to. Uh, oh. yeah, I'm going to have to. Oh. I one. I didn't go to 30. Okay. I didn't know there was a 30. Yes. They <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So I'll read it and All right. you can give it what you think of it. <laughs> it's three mounds of knowledge on a philosopher's head. The fulfillment of man's power of understanding at whatever level of existence the person operates. And I, of course, I talked about the levels of consciousness. A true philosopher is a man who is able to understand, not merely know, the processes of life as he comes to experience them directly. He is the man of wisdom, different indeed from the man of science. For while there must be knowledge with before understanding, knowledge alone can be both barren and destructive of wisdom. Um, I'm not going to read it all, I think. Um, the, the key word at the end is a holistic approach to knowledge based on universals. So really, I think that cut speaks to what we've been talking about. It's kind of this critical degree of fulfillment of a lot of things we've learned it's kind of thing over mm. yeah yeah the other interesting thing about it is that the 12 you know we're in a universal 12 year 2 plus 1 plus 9 and that makes a 3 1 plus 2 is 3 uh, that uh, energy is about um, activating knowledge which is what we've been talking about the idea of doing things we can have a theory about how we can all get along and what the right thing is but in practice it's very different and that's how we gain wisdom is when we're doing things so when we do things with joy or without the idea of needing to control something the outcome other people then we experience Mm. wisdom right because that's That's what knowledge put to work is. So I find that fascinating that that's, and it's the 30 degrees. So that's really interesting. It's another three. And uh, the Chandra symbol is a black rooster proclaiming the gospel of the complex interplay of light and darkness, invoking the power of the soul's journey through all the worlds poised at the brink of every conceivable possibility, but lingering over the darkness, that which is not yet complete, that which still must be encompassed. Motivated sharply to affirm and acknowledge all sides of life, every possible variation, you are quintessentially driven to bring everything up and out, 
the creative artist who purges whatever is in there, the veteran life journeyer who discovers yet again how much more there is than anybody has yet to admit, and the astute observer who delights in the multiplicity, the baffling complexity, the unresolvable open-ended nature of it all, you get almost perverse thrill in overturning partial and fragmentary, naive and simplistic false starts, most vitally committed to coming up with the hidden element and making sure that it finds its place and that it is done justice to, but not dwelled upon over long, because here comes the next and the next. <laughs> the journey itself is the point. And each juncture is the destination. That was a long one. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that kind of harks back to something I said earlier in, in our talk about this kind of being a, um, a you know, with it being the uh, last degree, we're kind of at a peak of um, some transformation in our identities mm. that we've been going through. And it's a juncture, though, and we're still on this evolutionary journey. So, Right, it's a process, and I think we have to remember and not take each moment seriously. This is kind mm -hmm. of putting, you know, putting a lot of stock into a single moment or a single thing that's happening instead of seeing it as the evolution, as the process, as the journey. Yeah. Uh, important. I think let's... Uh, um, Shall we see if the Akashic Masters have something to say about this? Yeah, and then we'll do Dan's question. <laughs> okay, so ask me the question, Louise. Oh, what question am I asking? <laughs> what do the Akashic Masters have to say about... Mm, I'm going to go back to the Sabian symbol. About this holistic approach to knowledge. That's mm within this full moon so the thing they're saying about it is you know when you think about holistic or holy in the sense of being complete or whole uh, which is the idea of perfection so uh, humans tend to think of perfection as I've, everything has to look perfect mm -hmm. but in universal perfection it is the uh, it's the um connection between the spirit and the mind and body so there is a um what happens it's it's like when you you're a child and you 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 discover something right but it can be like the smallest thing you can discover an ant walking along a path and go wow look at that that's amazing and that energy that comes from being so delighted with life creates that um what do you call that? The juncture of um, of wisdom, of um, kind of being holistic. It's like I, I feel that I can feel the energy, the joy, the delight of being uh, alive and seeing and experiencing life in my body, with my mind and with my heart. Mm. You know, so it uh, it wakes you up basically. So they're saying to if you can experience everything through that moment of being present and in delight, even if it looks shitty and you've got to work at it, um, then you experience that holistic approach. Mm. Does that make sense? It does. Perfectly. 
because there is an awful lot of creative energy in, out there at the moment um, with all this female energy coming in and the watery energy of Pisces and stuff. So it does mix very much. Yeah, there's a, what they're saying is there's a concrete aspect and to it's kind of like what's happening is if you imagine there's a concrete or like, you know, that's coming, what's coming up that song, Joni Mitchell, they paved paradise and put up a parking lot. And so what I'm seeing is this picture of, you know, the concrete is kind of coming up in different ways like this, you know, like imagination and, and plants are pushing it up and people are taking machines and moving it and putting it up. And so some people are kind of focused on, oh, there's so much concrete and this is so much work. Mm -hmm. And others, which is more of the delighted approach is, yay, what's under the concrete? Let me help. Let me, you know, oh, what are we going to plant? Like this excitement or this idea that, wow, there's all this land that's opening up that has been close to us like we didn't even know there was land beneath the concrete and now we suddenly have an opportunity to uh, kind of create new life by grouping together and finding things that delight us or each taking our own little block and piece and going okay I'm going to create something very good cool thank you <laughs> yes Okay, so our question, and please, please send us our questions. We're, we're loving that we've added this to our podcast, um, uh, but we need your questions to be able to talk about them. So uh, weirdlymagicalpodcast at gmail.com. But we do have a fabulous question from Dan S. And Dan says he has a question that's been bothering him for some time now, ever since getting deep into evolutionary astrology and feeling the currents in his own life situation. He asks, is it possible to miss the chance to evolve when life presents me with challenges or situations that I can feel on a soul level are karmic in nature and are meant to help my evolution can I miss those chances by resisting? Can the cosmic portal close without me taking the opportunity for growth? Or is it just that resisting will result in a tougher path toward learning that lesson? Now, it's a complex question. And I'm just going to initially say regarding that last part, is it just that resisting will result in a tougher path towards learning that lesson? That's been my experience. And, and that to my mind is, is the value of the work that I do as an astrologer and, and, you know, astrology is, is a tool, you know, there's other tools that come to the same kind of conclusions and give the same opportunities for growth. Um, I feel that, uh, you know, knowledge of it and, and help, well, even if you don't have exact knowledge of the astrology or the tools, if you feel this push to evolve and grow, if you resist it and say, no, I like it where I am, I'm staying, I'm not doing anything, there is a tendency uh, that the tougher there will be a tougher path. The, particularly Pluto transits, I'm thinking of. Um, you know, they kind of transform or be transformed. <laughs> you know, it's that kind of energy. 
but Pluto's relentless and if you are resisting him he kind of throws things up in your face that kind of say hey you're not listening <laughs> here's another chance you're not listening and I don't think it's not that the cosmic portal closes exactly you'll just find it harder I think if you if you don't face um, the life's evolutionary journey with a with a bit of courage to um, to change and grow, so that's my answer. <laughs> yeah, so um, so it is a great question. I, first of all, for me, the point of karma is I think we need to talk about it a little bit. Is that karma is just unfinished business, so it's not good or bad. It's just choices. This is what karma does is gives us in the, the, it's throwing us the ability to develop our free will mm-hmm. and build our courage and just be more adventurous. Kind of what we've been talking about a little bit, this idea that in order to have a different experience, you need to take risk. So it's not demanded of you that you do it. Yes, your path, what will happen is you're going to do the same thing over and over. So what feels shitty now or challenging now, and you want something different and you're giving an opportunity, but it doesn't look like the way you want it to look. So you say, no, thanks. You know, I'll wait for the next cab. This isn't my cab. Um, you don't know how long you're going to wait, right? I mean, what if the next cab is 24 hours later, right? So it's what you have to experience waiting for the next thing. On the other hand, if you're not ready, mm-hmm. maybe that's what you want. So I don't, you know, I don't think it's necessary to beat yourself up and say, oh, I missed that opportunity. Like if you're looking at something in the past, like if I was younger, if only I did that. Sometimes we don't have the question until we're ready. So the point is you are aware of these things now. So do what you can to say yes when they show up, because it is true that if we get a tap, like they often say the universe taps us on the shoulder and, you know, go with a tap, say you want it easy. If you're saying, no, I'm refusing the tap, the next time they may knock you down or, you know, drag you down the road. So it's like, okay, go with the tap. Like as soon as you start recognizing or you knowing stuff is happening, start to work on uh, the languaging you're telling yourself or opening your heart, do the things. That's the point of having these divination tools is you can prepare, you can recognize, you can begin to welcome change uh, instead of fearing it, right? Because conditioning. You can only grow as as much as you are ready for and as much as your awareness is ready for. So, you know, and there is no good or bad or right or wrong. It is, I I look upon the soul's evolutionary journey as this spiral kind of thing. And, you know, transits, um, he's obviously aware of what transits are. You know, they trigger various points in our life, but it's not, you're not, well, I keep saying it, you're never there. You never like gone, oh, you know, I've learned every lesson in my life and now I'm this supreme enlightened being. <laughs> Don't it that way. Yeah, just go easy on yourself. You're not missing it. You know, you did what you could do at the time. So Right. And then you decide now, what do I need to do? You know, how you know take some risk now with the things you see instead of worrying about what you did 
which or didn't do in your past it's like i always think like if i look back and i say to myself oh you screwed up if only you'd done that a few years ago look you'd be so much further ahead Mm -hmm. but the truth is i've really had to sit with myself and as with all this change we've gone through and go you know what all of that stuff was exactly right. I needed all of that to come to this point. And by being kind and compassionate to yourself, it gives you the courage to take the ride. The next time it comes around, you go like, here it is. I'm going to jump on. Or, you know, maybe I'll get some help to, to jump on. Let me deal with some of the things that I know I could, that could trip me up. Mm-hmm. So this is how you need to use this information to help you take the steps coming, not the ones that doesn't matter about the past. Because, you know, even though there is no time, we are still living in a world where there is time. And so we don't want to waste our, our energy looking backwards because we could miss the next ride. And, you know, you know, awareness is part of the growth and just awareness of, of what's happening to you and the challenges helps you to face it in a different way. So it's, it's a very complex issue, but, mm. you know, I, I would not, worry that you've ever missed any chances to evolve at all yeah it right ends right yeah exactly and i think just having the question shows that you are interested in evolution and you want to change so just change the focus again instead of thinking badly about yourself think mm-hmm. about how you can help yourself uh, get to the next place how you can shift your mind so you're more open and that's key enlighten about it like we talked about the other thing that's right i am i am the queen of pluto transits my chart is such that pluto has been over everything apart from my moon Um, (laughs) and i've had it pluto opposite my moon (laughs) and and you know um i i just laugh about about pluto transits most people fear them but i just go resistance is futile (laughs) 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 and just go okay i'll do the best i can you know with the tools and the awareness i have available to me at this point you know pluto transits are often a time where you might go into kind of some kind of therapy or take up some kind of practice like this to help you evolve but you can only do what you're aware of at the time so yeah yeah another thought that comes to mind is if we if you think about your your soul having plotted this plan like with your astrology or any of the divination for your life um, just remember this is just an idea because your soul doesn't know when you're coming in what choices you're going to make so it's 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 a guide right so it's like you decide how to use and enjoy like this is the key here you just have to enjoy it even when it's things you don't necessarily want just make the most of it have a great time when you're in the misery of pluto or whatever just enjoy the fact that yeah i'm actually enjoying uh, the juiciness of being miserable and he's not always miserable to be honest no no he isn't i'm just using that as an example i think to me, I actually am not afraid of the idea of uh, change or shifts or transformation. I think that's wonderful. I love it. Bring it on. That's exciting to me. That that's maybe that's because I have every Pluto transit in the book. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it, it's that's it. We just get used to the idea that that it's okay to, you know, yeah, have a different experience. 
exactly. All right, I think we've talked long enough. How can people yeah, exactly. find you, Jen? Just remind everybody before we... So you can find me at jendushen.com. If you're interested in my group, it's jendushen.com, Soul Pillow Salon. Uh, that's my monthly group. And uh, you can also find me on Facebook and like pretty much everywhere, Instagram. And I'm also on Medium. I'm also writing, trying to write more. <laughs> Awesome. And I'm uh, Louise Eddington. You can find me louiseeddington.com. Um, I write almost daily on medium.com, but um, ever, my patrons also get all my writing and more um, at patreon.com, Louise Eddington. I will be moving from Patreon, actually, though, to a membership um, portal on my own site. Patreon, Patreon's changed the rules, so I'm going to Google yeah <laughs> and um we've been having more issues so i'm gonna move um to a different thing but um if you signed up at patreon you're gonna get moved anyway um without you having to do anything but um yeah i have a facebook group planetary magic cafe facebook page louise eddington astrologer i'm on instagram google my name you can find me everywhere <laughs> i'm prolific i talk all the time on social media <laughs> <laughs> So, so enjoy this um full moon you know we're entering quite a challenging period but um the full moon itself has some beautiful things going on so uh, it's all helping us towards this new paradigm yeah i actually think that we are being given the courage and, and enlightenment to to go forward with joy to really begin to get curious and um you know it's a great feeling when you can throw off all the old thinking and it's all new and it's a great feeling to look at the shit show that's going on in the world and go it's all gonna be okay <laughs> that's right yeah. anyway so it's goodbye from lou and goodbye from jen <laughs> <laughs>